0: Welcome to First Chapter Friday. Today I'm going to be sharing the first chapter of the book, The Boy, The Bird, and The Coffin Maker, written by Matilda Woods. Uh, The title actually grabbed my attention. It's not usual to see the phrase, Coffin Maker, on the title, but what I love is the dedication so far. And it says, To my family, those with two legs and four, I thought that was quite cutely done. So here we go. First chapter, The Coffin Maker's First Coffin. The town of Alora was famous for two things. The first was its flying fish, and the second was the beauty of its winding streets. Tourists came all over the country to watch the fish fly out of the sea, while artists came to paint, in pigment, the bright houses that rose like steps up Alora Hill. There were so many colors that artists did not have enough pigments to paint them and it was rumored at least by the finestra sisters that the great giuseppe venice had invented a whole new color just to paint the roof of their house splendid yoke it was called rosa finestra said to anyone who would listen derived from the crushed eye of a peacock feather clara finestra added with a wise nod Yet, though the sisters gushed about the, their bright home, the one next door was even brighter. Alberto Cavello's house was the highest house on the hill. If you went any higher, you would reach the graveyard at the top. It stood like a bright azure, jewel-glistening across the sea. And it wasn't just bright, it was loud. It was loud when Alberto and his wife, Violetta, moved in. It grew louder when their first child, a girl named Anna Marie, was born, louder still when their son, Antonio, came into the world, and even louder when a little miracle named Ida welled for the first time within its bright walls. Alberto was a carpenter, the best in all of Alora. During the day, he would build beds, tables, and chairs for his paying clients, and at night he would build toys for his children. When each new toy Alberto made, a new sound filled the house. Squeals of delight as Anna Marie jumped off her spinning chair. Screams of anger as Ada cried for Antonio to give back for her favourite doll. And cries of gallop on, gallop on, as the same Antonio raced his wooden horse up and down the stairs. Their house remained bright, loud and bustling for seven happy years until the sickness came. The sickness appeared in the coldest month of winter, but it did not reach Alora until spring. The first to fall ill were the men working on a new railway that linked Alora to the north, then the doctors who tended them and the artists who had come to paint the town. Only one family was wealthy enough to flee. The mayor took himself and his family on a long holiday to a place the sickness had not reached. "'Good luck!' he cried over his fat shoulders as the plush coach drawn by six white stallions, carried them away. In the beginning, the dead were buried in the graveyard, one, then two, then three, to a single plot, but as the sickness spread, other measures had to be taken. A gate was built at the back of the graveyard and thin staircase carved into the stone, with steps leading down to the water. No longer buried, the dead were wrapped in blankets and cast out into the violent, surging sea. As the number of the dead mounted and the number of living fell, the cobbled streets of Alora grew quiet. Houses went unpainted, and shutters, once thrown open to greet spring, were pulled tightly closed. Even the finestra sisters didn't poke their big noses out. Just like the unfinished paintings that lay abandoned in the streets, the town of Aurora itself began to fade. The sickness rose up the hill, house by house, until it finally reached Alberto's home. It took eldest child first. Alberto spotted the purple mark behind Anna Marie's left ear as she read a book in her favourite chair. Then Antonio fell ill while he was wailing ailing in his bed, the mark came upon little Ada. Violetta and Alberto tended to each child as they fell sick. They kissed them when they cried, hugged them when they whimpered, and when the time came for each of them to leave this world behind, they answered, Yes, of course, one day we will meet again. Keeping a promise, Violetta joined them two days later. The plague-bearers came to collect their bodies that evening, but Olbota wouldn't let them. "'I can't,' he said to the two men waiting at the front door. "'I can't let you throw them away, not into that cruel sea.' Even from where he stood outside the highest house on Alora Hill, Olbota could see foam shooting up from where the waves crashed against the grey stones below. He could not bear to think of his family thrown in there you must get rid of them somehow the men had replied you can't let them stay inside it will spread the sickness quicker i'll bury them all the coffin makers are dead we collected the last one this morning then i'll make their coffins myself and that is what Alberto did he went to his workshop and for the first time built something from for the dead instead of the living he carved a coffin for his wife a coffin for the eldest daughter, a coffin for his eldest son, and a coffin for a little Ada. Each was smaller than the one before, and like the Russian dolls, could fit inside the other. When the coffins were finished and his family buried, Albota returned to his workshop and began to make his own. But by the time he finished, the plague had left the town, and Maya returned from his holiday. The finished dress sisters reopened their shutters and people passed gaily up and down the streets of Alora once more. But instead of, instead of joining them, Alboto sat beside his coffin every day, alone, waiting for the purple mark to come back and claim him too. Now that was the end of the first chapter, but just to give you a bit of a, um, an idea of how the story unfolds, One afternoon, a magical bird flutters into his garden, and Alberto, lonely inside, welcomes it into his home. When a kind-hearted boy named Tito follows the bird into the Alberto's kitchen, a door into the old man's heart cracks open. Tito is lonely too, but he's also scared and searching for a place to hide. Fleeing from danger, he just wants to feel safe for once in his life. Can the boy and the old man learn the power of friendship and escape the shadow of their pasts? This is a story of life and death and how hope can burn bright in a place faded by sadness. So this might be an interesting story to delve into. It is of a sci-fi fantasy novel that you can find under WOO. Hopefully you can check it out over the summer break. And I hope you have something amazing to read and to relax and rest. You've earned it, everybody, and I hope you have a great week reading and learning. I will speak with you later. Bye for now.